Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. So I'm just about to get on the phone with Catherine Kovacic. I think that's how you say her surname. Oh, my goodness. Seven Sisters is my first experience with her, but it certainly won't be the last. This was such a thriller. I don't like the, the blood. I don't like the gore. I don't like really being scared at all. But Seven Sisters, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this novel that made it so readable for me because it really isn't a normal term at all. It's a group of sisters who have lost their sisters to domestic violence and the vigilantes, they're going after the perpetrators. They're just, oh, it so shouldn't have been my book, but I could not put it down. I just loved it. It was incredible. It was vicariously lovely to be seeing the perpetrators of domestic violence finally get their comeuppance. So (laughs) I don't think that's a spoiler to say. I think you know what you're in for from the outset. Like these are girls who are dead set wanting to, to get revenge on their sister's murderers. So it's a fascinating read. I just I loved the sense of setting. I loved the place that we were in. I loved the time. I loved the characters. It's a big bag of people that you're talking about with multiple points of view. But at no one time was I ever lost or confused or what? No, none of that. This was a very sharp, very clever thriller and I couldn't have loved it more, really. <laughs> Can't wait. Super excited. This is a real treat, especially because I'm so new to her as a fan. Hello. Hi, Anna. How are you? Great. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for asking. No, the time for podcasting for you must have been well and truly done by now. This is wonderful. Not at all. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I've only just discovered that I can do thrillers, so... I am late to the thriller party completely, so thank you. What's your usual genre? What you historical like fiction read? and romance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've done historical crime, so, you know, I could see the romance thing, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Neither either. Yeah. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. But it's also, it must be a hard one for you to talk about because it's such a statement on society as well. It's tricky, and I think it's also very tricky because it's hard to talk about without giving too much away with this plot so yeah. you know, there's bits and pieces but you know when you have to kind of present a talk come up and they're like no talk I know, for an hour. Like, yeah. don't have an hour worth on this book I'm sorry it's just I can't go there I was thinking this just the other day in terms of getting like you know it's all well and good like I love an author talk and I love an author event but what I really love is an author book club where you can talk to the author once everybody knows and you, that's great yeah. yeah I love doing the book clubs because yes because then everyone can sort of weigh in and I've had some where you get someone who's like oh 
I really didn't like it. Okay, well, you might have to tell me in the book club, but okay, you know. Yeah, it's it's really good because, as you say, then everyone can sort of weigh in and they can, you know, we can talk about different bits of it and why you did this and why you did that. So I yeah, know, I would always, love to be talking about what was your favourite murder and did any. Yeah, well, that, that's sort of been the really interesting thing. The number of people who said to me, you had me cheering for the murder. I'm like, yes, that was the whole idea. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We were cheering for the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting from that perspective as well because it really, it's not just it's so often in thrillers it's the females that are the victims. Here it's seven women who are <laughs> taking charge. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. So a lot of it is the female empowerment and the, the sisterhood of females that have gone through a mm-hmm. similar experience. Which I love that theme in general. So to see it in a thriller was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I love that idea. And, and as you say, putting women in the place of power rather than they're the sidekick or the victim is so often the case. So yes, to have a, a really strong group of women was a lot of fun to work with. Oh, it's such a huge cast. You've got eight main characters, really. But at not one point did I ever wonder who was who or what was what or whose sister belonged to which. It was. Oh, that's good because that was so that was good. the biggest juggle because, you know, I knew this was going to be the big cast of characters and I, I played around with a couple of things with the first few chapters but as how I was going to run it because I knew that was going to be a thing because I, you know, when you have those books that have lots of points of view and you're just like, oh, I want to stick with this character or, you know, I, what, what are we doing and why is Hang on, what year are we? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, those ones where you have the multiple points of view and the multiple timelines with the multiple points uh, yeah, of view. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, what? So that was always going to be the big thing is to, you know, how to manage the characters. And I think sort of having them so that they had their discrete units within the story was the perfect solution for them. And obviously that was the way the narrative needed to be anyway for what they're doing. So, yeah. It was so well done. There were such distinct personalities that I knew who was went where. And another thing, you know, is having, because obviously they're all like-minded women and they're all sort of from a fairly similar sort of background in in a way, you know, that sort of the Sydney kind of thing. So to have that individuality of voice without sort of ramming it through with sort of vocal ticks or something like that. So that's good. I'm glad that you knew who everyone was. Knew and loved exactly (laughs) who everybody was. Was was there one of the women in particular that you you sort of sat with? Yes, the um, the event coordinator. I loved her. Olivia. Olivia. (laughs) But really, I loved them all. Amy, she was another great one. And oh, yeah, everybody. I just loved them all. So Amy's probably, yeah, she's the, the slightly edgier one, isn't she? She's got yeah, a very she dark side to her, that yeah, woman. Right yeah. But again, you knew exactly who was who. It was just fantastic. It was a lot of fun and sort of plotting out how they were going to each sort of take action. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm just glad that it all sat nicely for you. That's really good to hear. Oh. That. Yeah. that was sort of, yeah, the, the juggling is where everyone was so good. But yes. that also that everybody were real people as well. They weren't just masked revengers or vigilantes That's, that were just. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. And I wanted them to come across as, as normal women. You know, I didn't ever sort of want to have a scene where suddenly, you know, someone disarms the six foot five man, you know, takes his gun and hot wires a speedboat and motors across the harbour at night with one hand while shooting out the back with another with their hidden ninja skills that we didn't know they had. You know, so these are ordinary women, you know, they've got to work within their own parameters and figure out ways to kill people that you could actually pull off if you're a normal person. Yeah. Oh, they were all fantastic. So I live in Sydney. I think you're in Melbourne, aren't you? Yeah. So you go Cronulla, I think. Yes. Down that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but I, I knew all of the streets, I knew the suburbs, I, you know, it all just yep. felt so, so I was shocked and amazed that you weren't in Sydney yourself. I lived in Sydney for a couple of years, a while ago. Ah. And so I, I no, not obviously not as well as someone who lived, you know, longer, but yeah, I, I sort of got quite familiar with the city and it, it felt like the right setting for this book because it's such a bright, bright city. So the idea of having that, the, the dark undercurrent, but with that, you know, with the Sydney, the light on the harbour and the heat, and it always just feels very upbeat in Sydney. Well, I think so, yeah. (laughs) It's twofold, isn't it? It's the heinous crimes that have been committed against the sisters and it's also the crimes that the sisters are are hoping to perpetrate. So to have it all happening in Sydney, it was just where you think, yeah, Harbour Ridge Opera House, bright, cheery, beaches, beautiful. Nothing could ever happen to anybody, but of course. Exactly, yeah, and that happens everywhere, which is a really horrifying thing, yeah. Yeah, which I also think that your book did a great job at really just bringing home that these poor victims have families, sisters, hopes, expectations, you know, just everything. They were the victims of domestic violence. They cover all demographics, all age brackets. I think that your book did a really good job. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, and we do sort of tend to think, oh, it doesn't happen. You know, that's not sort of, maybe that's a, you know, a poorer suburb sort Mm -hmm. of thing or, you know, different socioeconomic bracket or a different culture or something like that. But it's everywhere. And whether it's physical abuse or financial abuse, it's such a big problem in society and we don't sort of tend to see it or look at it. And, I mean, even in crime books, we don't really do domestic violence very often because it's well, it's a hard crime to look at for a lot of people but it's also you know there's no, no mystery to it we always mm. know who done it in a domestic violence thing so but you know there's no plot line to it by partners or ex-partners absolutely yep that's it. D- domestic violence is actually the the biggest health risk to australian women between the ages of 25 to 45 and that's including smoking <laughs> diabetes heart it's it's domestic violence gosh that's incredible i didn't realize mm. that but i thought that it was what a fantastic premise to come into a group therapy session and realize that you're one of seven people who is a sister of a domestic violence victim like that's not first of all like what a premise but also it's not unbelievable like it's just it's such an epidemic isn't it that's right yeah well um on average in australia one woman every week is murdered by current or former partner Mm. um you know and in america it's like five a week or something absolutely astronomical like that so yeah it's it's a huge thing yeah oh I just I thought that your book just did such a good job but also never felt like it was hitting me over the head with it I felt like I was coming to the conclusions myself like oh my goodness this must happen so often oh my goodness that's that's, yeah yeah. that's again it's very easy to sort of gloss over domestic Mm -hmm. violence and so and I didn't want to be preachy because in any genre book that if you're there to relax and read you don't want to be there for the message whatever that message might be to, to have it sort of in the background to a degree but where you could sort of look at it from a bit of a distance I think really helped me to sort of put that in there. I just thought it was a fantastic read but I have only just finished it in the last couple of days so I'm still grappling (laughs) with it and coming to terms but it was just so well done. I'm just so stoked to be speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was wonderful. I also think that it was really interesting that the police in your novel were also thinking that the punishment just isn't harsh enough that there must be more that we can do avios they just don't do enough yeah and i think that's a real thing for police officers you know they're by and large they're all doing a a brilliant job and they're working Mm -hmm. really hard but they put cases together they arrest people they bring them to court and then these people are released on bail or they have their cases pled down there was a case recently where i think this was the second or third trial 
trial of two guys who raped a woman and they get like community correction and time served now because, oh, they've been punished enough because this has dragged on for several years. And the judge actually said something about, oh, I don't think society would expect me to punish you anymore. And I was like, ah, yeah, uh-huh. would. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would, it would. Even headlines in newspapers when they sort of you know, talk about man convicted of party rape. Well, he didn't rape a party, you know. So there's that subtle linguistic thing where we kind of write women out of, of that equation and kind of just don't look at the whole thing too closely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I just thought that your novel did a fantastic job at that as well. And yeah, you're so right. On the the big cruise ship and there were opulent and drugs everywhere and wealth everywhere. And this is a horrible man who's switching it on and switching it off. And yeah, I think when there's so many victims of domestic violence, we must all know somebody who's lying. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I sort of think back of women I've known and worked with who've been in a situation. I know one woman who literally went to the police and they said, oh yeah, but he's telling a different story so we can't really do anything about it yeah and the courage that it takes to go to the police in the first place yeah. or something like that in the UK you've had officers convicted of murdering women that were sort of kind of let go with deviant behavior beforehand before they escalated to murder and it's just like what's going on here but most police they're doing a brilliant job but they've got to be frustrated by these barriers that they come up against too and their mm. inability to act when they know things are wrong Mm, oh, just there's so much in your novel to be thinking about it was just so thank you it was really really well done thank you very much and this is my first thriller of yours that I've read I understand there's a whole big backlist that doesn't look too scary for me to be reading either. no no the, the, the others are much more cozy actually yeah. definitely others are cozier and um, well there is a true crime one that if you're not a true crimey person you probably need to work yourself up to that because that's a serial yeah. killer and it's got the history angle for you it's the 1930s but it's a tougher read because it is a true crime so so I think that's always in your mind that you're dealing with real people in that sense. We just did Eugenia for book club, actually, the Mark Tedeschi, and he mm-hmm. think I couldn't do it at all. I could not. I fell asleep with the book and I wake up in the middle of the night to take it out into the kitchen, like <laughs> get it away from my bed. Yeah. And I don't go in for true crime at all. No, it's a very specific genre, I can think. For me, because that was a historical one, and I think the the historical aspect helped me to distance from it. But even so, it was still, you know, I just had days where I thought, I can't can't write this right now. I've got to go and do something else and clean my head from this bleh. So, well, yeah. that's what you must have felt with this. I mean, the tragedy is is that it really it could happen. There's so many victims that a group therapy group absolutely could come together with sisters of domestic violence. There's nothing out of the ordinary with this, and that is just so so chilling. Yeah, I, I suppose that the thing that made this easier was that because I was plotting revenge all the way through and plotting how to kill the perpetrators. So even though I had that, the research, you know, obviously into the domestic violence statistics and things did weigh very heavily. I kind of got that sort of mental cleanse because I was like, well, I'm going to kill these men now. So <laughs> how are we going to do it? And I had lots of other ideas other than the ones that ended up. In oh, the- wow. The- I was yeah, so it had to- <laughs> these ones, it was like, oh, that's too crazy. That's not going to work. Or, oh, no, that one's going to leave too much evidence. Or there was one that was sort of actually in a- an earlier draft of the publishers. And well, look, you know, that might actually endanger members of the public. Really sorry. We're going to have to take that. I'm like, that's okay. Oh I have more ways to kill men. And she sort of went, oh, side eye. Really? It's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, so working out the ways is a really messy one that I couldn't use forensic reasons, but that helped me sort of work through the darker side of things because I could plot that 
I do it's not so understand you thriller writers. You all seem so <laughs> lovely. <laughs> one of the things I was, I was researching lots of, of different methods and, and one of the things that I came up with that sort of had that sort of slight, a very momentary, could I? And then it was like, no, that's it's too crazy because I have a science background. So I read all these science journals when I'm plotting these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Journal of Trauma, Critical Care and, and Injury or something like that. And it was literally an article on the statistics relating to fatalities and critical injury caused by falling coconut. And I was like, <laughs> I thought that was a cartoon thing, but apparently it's a real thing. So can we send them something? No, let's not do that. Atlantic. <laughs> so we'll just, yeah, we'll just file that away for future reference. If yeah, we're ever doing a tropic, tropical island setting, you could bash someone with the coconuts. It just fell off a tree. We were walking and I don't know. Wow. I, so, no, I you're, you're that getting was a joke. I had no idea. <laughs> twisted brain. I, I know. Who knew? I thought it was a yeah. complete cartoon thing, you know, like with a roadrunner almost sort of thing. It's just like, yep, yeah, we'll bump him with a coconut. But no, apparently it really happened. That's the difference between a historical fiction reader and a thriller writer. <laughs> You know that it could happen. <laughs> that's that's very true. But I think you're doing an event soon, aren't you, with Lorraine Pear and Molly War? Yes. Yeah, so Sisters oh. in Crime um, in Melbourne this Friday. Yes. There are three authors that you think you'd sit down and have a lovely cup of tea with. You all seem so nice. <laughs> we are. We're really nice. Quite lovely. Because, see, we get all this stuff out on the page, you see. So write it all out and all that stuff's gone. All those people that annoy you, it's just like, oh, we could use that name as a character. Oh, look, whoops, what happened there? So, so yes, yeah, so that, that's why we're such nice, lovely people because we just do all our killing and, and aggressive stuff on the page. I don't know. There must be something in it because you all are lovely Ray Cairns, Danuka McKenzie, you're all <laughs> but I would not melt it in your mouth. <laughs> it's incredible. So what's next then for you? Are you going to keep on with the thrilling? Um, yeah, well, I've got my character from my series is, is sort of ticking along in the background. So there might be another one with her, which is the Alex Clayton art mysteries. I'm collaborating with the character in my head at the moment. So this is yeah, not quite so thrillery, but I do have another thriller in mind. But I've been asked if I was going to do like a sequel to this one, but this potentially could with all brick I think but for me this book is very much a standalone I don't we can't go off and establish another therapy group or send Amy out on a killing spree or anything like that I did like all brick so whether she ends up having something else not domestic violence related absolutely like to find more of her backstory and more of what she does yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was certainly something that I thought because how does she get to where she is in that story with that also her obsession of the, of the, the domestic yes. violence perpetrators. So that yep. was kind of bubbling away in the back of my brain as to, to where we go with Albrecht. She was a great character. I'd love to know more of her. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a bit of baggage there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Serious axe to grind, shall we say. Yes. Good Ooh. to know. <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to reading all of your books now. The thrillers that I've been reading lately aren't the way that I thought that thrillers were. You do have character development settings that are always just so, I'm so glad that I found the Australian thrillers. They're great. Setting for me is a real, I almost feel like the setting's part of a character in itself, really. You can absolutely so, in Seven Sisters. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, yes, I, I really like that sense of place and, and what's going on there. As so the other books are, are much cosier. So if you sort of came to thrillers with a bit of trepidation, you'll be you'll be happy with the Alex Clayton and certainly the Miss Fisher one because that's set in the 1960s. So there's your Yes, that's the one that I've ordered there actually. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So it's a very light. Have you read Kerry Greenwood's Frightening Fishers? Have you read any of those? Oh, okay. So hers are the 1920s and this is her mm-hmm. niece in the 1960s. So they're, I don't want to say they're fluffy, but it's a, a lot of clothes and the attitudes and still that society at the time. Yeah. But it's another strong female character. She was fun to write. So I, I think 
we'll get your history in there too. Yay, and it's I'm really looking yeah, forward to it. Definitely no blood splatter up the walls or anything Excellent. Like that. Excellent. Exactly. So don't have to worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, thank you so much. This has just been wonderful. It was so lovely. Oh, thank you. I've had an absolute blast. It's always good oh. to, to chat books with other crazy book people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I just can't believe you gave me your time. Thank you so much. It would be different always if I was a huge fan of yours, but I've only just come to you. Like, I know that I will be, <laughs> and this is just going to enhance my reading experience from here on in, but thank oh, you. Thank I really you. do appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Anna. It's so been lovely. lovely chatting to you. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.